Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. Hey, 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 here we go, but sort of and not at the same time, special episode alert. Guys, this is not going to be the standard interview podcast you're, you're used to because I wanted to actually share something different with you. It's a webinar that we recently did over at Ringmaster all about content and repurposing podcast content into a myriad of other different pieces and parts and social and blogs and articles and this and that. And you're probably curious at that topic because if you're listening to this and you have a podcast, you're sitting on an absolute treasure trove of content that can be utilized in many different ways. You don't have to go create it from scratch. You can just take that one hour interview and turn it into a million different things, including a book. And so there's an amazing webinar and uh, Nazarene and the team was just, she is like the absolute wizard at SEO and content creation and writing. Don't tell her any of these things because then she'll hold it against me, but she is fantastic. And so what I wanted to do was bring this webinar to this podcast. Now, out in the wild, we're going to put this webinar behind a a landing page, right? So you can't just get it. You have to fill out a form. Now, it's not egregious, but at the same time, I wanted to make it a little bit more special for, for everyone listening here. So if you're listening to this, you don't have to fill out a form because, hey, podcast live for your die, freedom forever. You you just can listen if you want. So, uh, and I don't know if we're going to have video or not, um, or the slides or not, but that would be absolutely sick if maybe you're listening on Spotify and we're able to make that happen. Um, I know for sure on YouTube, we'll make that happen as well. So anyways, thank you for you know being just amazing uh, and listening to these episodes. Every time you listen, you, you wouldn't believe it, but I, I see that that number increment by your number. And it actually inspires me to go chat and learn from more people around the topic of podcasting. So I don't know. Did I did I build enough build it up enough? Essentially what this webinar is all about is ensuring that you're you're not only just repurposing content, but that you're creating good content. Cause there's a lot of really crappy stuff out there. And really what you want to do is make content that delivers on what you promised. You promise them a solution to their question. They found your landing page. They found you somehow in you know, the B2B marketing world. And you said that you had the answers. You have to actually deliver the answers. And you need to come from a place of expertise. You, you can't just wing it, right? You need to actually have the right answers. And then you need to address the actual challenges that they have. So these are some of the core concepts that Nazarene is going to touch on. And she's going to share about uh, SEO optimization. She's going to share about really turning your podcast into a content cascade, which is really an exciting term for me. I can't wait to uh, share this episode with you. So I hope you enjoy. And then for interviews, we'll see you on the next one. And we are going to be talking about content, which is a huge love of mine. And of course, how it ties into podcasting, because that's what we do, but also just content in general and things you can do to take things up to the next level and be creative with how you source. So we're going to start off with this kickstart your content cascade in 2023. 
And uh, these webinars are highly interactive, extremely funny and full of takeaways, uh, maybe more so when Casey's teaching them, but I will try and keep it entertaining as well. And we are going to move right along to why we're here. So in the marketing world, especially in the B2B marketing world, there is this growing pressure to meet every need and job descriptions are getting longer and longer with more and more involved in them. And so we know that the results that you are expected to produce are astronomical and the resources that you have to produce them may be minimal. So we're here to help with that. And one of the other reasons that we're going to be talking about content today is that traditional content creation is becoming unsustainable in a way. It can be expensive, whether you're using time from your team or you are hiring out, and at times can come across as inauthentic, and it doesn't always convert if you are trying to hit a sales perspective with it. And what content marketers want is content that is quick to create, that they can reuse and repackage, that's valuable and engaging, that connects with their customers, that drives leads, and that they can scale and continue to do. And why we're here, market B2B marketers, dream content, of course, podcast. We are going to mention podcasts in here. It's what we do. We are also going to speak to content in general. So with a podcast, you're going to have a source of content. But before we dive into that, a little bit about me with what Sam said. Uh, first of all, I'm not old enough to have 30 years of content marketing unless you are talking about the marketing I did in my neighborhood as a small child with my babysitting services, which I'll take. It was hard work, <laughs> but I'm the connection consultant and content strategist here at Ringmaster. I claim to fame was paid to drink across Disney and write about it because why wouldn't you want to go around Epcot and create a story on that? Uh, I moved back to New Hampshire recently from Texas, and I am a professional chauffeur of four children. And yeah, they don't appreciate my skills. So diving into the agenda for today, we're going to talk through good content and channels and how much you can get from a podcast episode, what rich content versus fluff content looks like, resources that you might not be utilizing in your content, and just overall improvements that we can look at. So what is good content? Good content is going to deliver what you promised. It is going to come from a place of expertise, and it is going to address real challenges that are out there. And we have this fun fact for you about IT decision makers and 91% of them saying that it is very challenging to find high quality content. Stick with me here for one second. <laughs> there we go. Expert content versus fluff. So there is a ton of content out there. There is no shortage of content. You can find it everywhere you look, but is there content that delivers what it promised that is quality content? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So there is going to be expert content and fluff content. 
And expert content is going to come straight from the source, a source that is eligible to talk to this topic. It is going to be a subject matter expert. Fluff content is going to generalize experiences in a field or an area and may even utilize AI type results by pulling in what the most common words are across top content. Expert content is going to answer your question. And let's remember with Google algorithm updates, helpful content is part of the entire prioritization that they're doing. So that content needs to answer your question. People can't bounce off of your page to go back and go to another page to find the answer. Fluff content, on the other hand, is going to leave you with more questions than answers. You're going to feel like you didn't get what you came for out of it. On expert content, you're going to get actionable tips that have been tested. People have used real-life experiences. They've shown how they've A-B tested something. They're talking through something that happened in their business. There is an example and there is an outcome. And with the fluff content, you're going to get some generic expert tips like, oh, it's really good to optimize this or do that. But there isn't going to be a why behind it. There isn't going to be a we do this because we found out when we don't do this, we don't get the results. On podcasting and chatting about podcasting in general, there's more than true crime. When we talk about podcasts, sometimes people automatically go to you know Joe Rogan or true crime. And with B2B podcasting, they're going to be a little bit different. They're going to share industry insights. People are going to interview innovators and leaders. They're going to highlight developments in the industries, tools that you should look at. And there's going to be a bunch of different formats. So there used to be a one-on-one -on -one interview as the main format. Still there, still valuable. But we also see people doing solo content or panel-type discussions, um, sometimes even reviews, talks with vendors, totally different types coming across in the B2B podcast industry now. And we're just going to watch some stuff flying right now. And we're going to give a little clap for Sam as it all flies in. Because as we're talking about content and how much content can be created from a podcast, these are all items that came from one podcast episode that Sam repurposed into a bajillion things. So as they all fly in, it's very impressive. Great job, Sam. So all of these repurposed pieces of podcast content can go on a multitude of channels. All the usuals for social media, YouTube, they can be turned into blog posts and articles, repurposed into emails and newsletters. And even inside of those channels, there are multiple ways to utilize the items. So you can do an entire podcast episode on YouTube. You can take a clip and create a playlist of certain moments or answers. You can use shorts. So there are 52 pieces of content that came out of this episode, and he's still working on more. So from that one audio episode, there was also a video episode, full episode that went along with it. And then it informed six different blog posts, three YouTube clips, 11 shorts, 10 LinkedIn videos, nine tweets, 11 Instagram reels. And these are all 
prioritized for the channel that they're going on. And just a ton of content coming out of that one episode. And the big part to think about here is when you're repurposing this type of expert content from a podcast, it's not only that you got six items out of it, it's how long would it have taken your team to research and write six pieces of content on the nitty gritty technical details on super informative items where Liam was walking us through these technicalities and educating us on words I didn't know and all of those items that a content team would have had to research and then would have had to have someone else look through to make sure everything was used properly. But when you're utilizing the podcast as the base of this, that work is already done and your team doesn't need to do the research because they are listening to the items coming from a subject matter expert. Up front, even before doing a podcast episode, you can decide what content gaps and or aims you want to fill. So one example is from a sales perspective. If you need sales collateral to drive a customer to a certain end result or to educate them along the funnel process, you can actually set up a podcast episode to create that collateral afterwards. You can ask specific questions that are going to talk about staging and sales stages. You know, what challenges does this guest have? What causes them to search for a solution? What do they look at when they're deciding on a vendor? You know, who's involved in the decision-making process? And these can all organically work into questions about their industry that can then be utilized later on. In general, listening to podcasts can cause you to create better content. It's it's a side effect, but a good one. And you can utilize other podcasts, even if you don't have your own, to inform content that meets the needs of your industry and your clients. You can go ahead and listen to other podcasts in your industry, and you can create articles referencing back to those podcasts. You can create LinkedIn posts. It's a great way to kind of incentivize participation with partners. If you've got a great client of yours and they're on a podcast, you can encapsulate and summarize some key points they made on LinkedIn and tag them into it and show that you are appreciating and supporting them. You can use statistics and narratives that come out of a podcast with citation in an article. If you're writing something about you know, 21 creative marketing tactics that we saw this year. You can listen to marketing podcasts and you can pull examples out of those and cite back to the podcast saying, this person shared this fantastic example of how they cut to their customer faster by doing this. You can treat podcasts like surveys and utilize them for information. You can speed up ICP research if you're in sales especially, by listening to interviews that your key targets have done. They are going to talk about a ton of things that can help you nail down on pain points or what they might be trying to address or even to understand them better and know what's important to them. You can also use podcasts to do competitor research if you have podcast 
podcasts that are put out by companies in similar veins to you or that you would consider a competitor, you can look at who they're having on. Who are they trying to target? What are they asking? What's important to them? Are there common themes around what they're talking about? And use those to inform your approach. And then, of course, we've got to bring the AI into it a little bit because we know it's a hot topic. But where does content that comes out of a podcast outperform AI? Content with a human voice is going to compete against AI-generated content because it speaks, it connects better. AI-generated content or questions can be great for a framework. You can use them to kind of get an idea of things you may want to address, but it isn't going to connect on the same level that something written with a human touch is going to. Now, again, Google prioritizes helpful content. And when we are crafting things for a human approach, we are going to be more helpful. Google also prioritizes unique content. So we see this in how they pick in their algorithm and how they have it set up to prioritize unique images in particular. So an image that isn't utilized anywhere else, some people use stock images across things. Those are never going to bump you up in search. A unique image is always going to. Podcasts are always going to be unique. And also the images that come out of them are going to be unique. You can take screenshots from the podcast and put them into your post. And we're going to address that again in a couple minutes. And that is a unique image in Google's eyes. And so properly alt texting that and putting in meta and caption and everything for it will help that bring your content to the top. You're never going to end up with the same piece across podcasts. So even when we have people who may be going on a book tour and promoting something and they're going on 50 podcasts, even if they have the same talking points they want to get across, the host is going to be different. The questions are going to be different. The approach is going to be slightly different. It's still going to result in unique content and asking questions and follow-up questions in a unique way is going to get you those headline moments that you can then use in an article. One of the other reasons that people use podcasting or go on podcasts as a guest is they want to generate this thought leadership content and establish themselves in their industry. In order to do that thought leadership establishing of yourself, you need to have a lot of content out there on you, and it needs to be unique and valuable to your audience. It needs to be ungated. I, I hate gated content. I'm just going to say it right here. If you have something super valuable to say, you don't need to gate it. You can let your audience decide whether it's valuable. And then if you want to create one gated portion of a checklist or something after they've found value, why would you hide your expertise? Don't gate content. Um, with the thought leadership content, it's also hard to outsource. So you may have a CEO, you may be a CEO, you may want to have more content as a marketer on your site that's coming from your CEO and they don't have time. With podcasting, they are providing that 
thought leadership insight in a way that a content creator or marketer can then encapsulate it and have it sound like them and have it encapsulate all of their expertise and wisdom and have it just convey what they're trying to convey because they can pull the transcript from that podcast, go through and pick out the key moments and use that as the outline for an article. They can then go back and listen and hear how the CEO says things and hear how things are conveyed. And that provides this rich experience where items are being written with the voice of the thought leader, without the time of the thought leader and carving out one hour to do a one-on-one with someone to write an article so that it's properly informed is realistically not going to happen all the time. But with a podcast, it's accomplishing multiple things. And part of that is getting the knowledge out of their head and somewhere where we can use it. One of the other things we see people doing, including our founder, Casey, is creating a book from a podcast. Podcasts can be a great basis for creating a book. What it involves is just a little bit of sketched out planning where Casey created a monthly theme for the course of a year. And then he went through and interviewed experts and influencers every single week that surrounded those different themes. Well, we're going to have transcripts for all of those that we can then summarize and take the knowledge and learnings and key actionable takeaways and put them into a webinar. And now that webinar is going to become a chapter in the book. And everything else that you're getting out of that podcast is going to fall under those chapters into a nice little packaged outline. And you've got a book a year later. With the podcast content, we're going to dive into SEO for a couple minutes. And I'm going to get really excited because I love SEO. So podcast content is a great way to improve SEO on your site. And so you may have a bunch of posts and you may have fantastic rankings on those posts, or maybe they're not so great. So you might have slightly different aims. If you have posts that are in positions that need slight improvement, then we have some tips on the next slide. But if you've got great content from your web, from your website already and you're positioned well for certain SEO keywords you can just take it up a couple levels. The top three search positions on Google account for a giant amount of the actual click-through rate. So anything you can move up on that first page will only benefit you more. Some of the ways that we see people repurposing podcasts to enrich SEO are things like embedding YouTube players, um, putting in podcast episodes that are relevant, uh, short video clips from a podcast getting put in, One of my favorites is going to be quote graphics or screenshots from the podcast. And you're putting that alt text in that's super relevant because when it's a screenshot and you're using that alt text, which is describing the image, you are playing well with Google's accessibility platform. And because you're going to explain where the screenshot is from, you're going to put the entire title of the podcast and the topic in there because it's going to say screenshot from a podcast called Creating the Greatest Show talking about why podcasts are great for content. You're not keyword stuffing there. You're not being egregious in the alt text. You are simply describing the image. 
and then embedding playlists and things like that. So we're going to pop into the next slide, which is going to talk about planning episodes strategically around SEO. So if you're looking at your SERP positioning in Google Search Console, and you're seeing that you've got articles that are not performing as well as you would like to, maybe you thought they were going to do better. Maybe they're hanging out kind of in that position 11 through 13, maybe a little further down now with continuous scroll where people may go a little further and you want to bump those up. You can actually target those SEO keywords by planning episodes around them, by bringing on guests who may speak to something that will be an SEO keyword you're targeting. You can just, there is a whole wealth of potential around SEO and strategically using it. So if you are going to talk about how Hmm, I'm trying to think of a good one right off the top of my head. If you're going to talk about how chocolate chip cookies are better than oatmeal raisin, and you're looking at the SEO for that, and it's like oatmeal raisin versus chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies are the best cookies. Oatmeal raisin cookies suck. You know, all of these different keywords that can be there. You can sit there on your podcast and plan out questions to ask guests about their favorite cookies or why are oatmeal raisin cookies better than chocolate chip cookies. And by planting those keywords into the question, you're going to be able to take that question, create it as a subhead and then put the answer underneath. And then more importantly, you're going to be able to clip that section of the video and have a video on the topic that also answers the same question because you're going to strategically name that asset, you know, oatmeal raisin cookies versus chocolate chip cookies. And so then you are being helpful to your audience. You are answering a question they have. They are coming and asking which one is better and you are answering that question. So you can plan questions in a B2B podcast around what you need to let your buyers know. So if you're looking at your Google search console, we're going to move away from cookies right now, but if you're looking at your Google search console and you realize that some of the questions leading to your company are basic questions, mid-range questions, you can assess who your buyer is and what they're trying to get out of it. And what's what's really cool right now is we're kind of... Uh, we're, we're kind of drinking our own um, Kool-Aid at this point with planning episodes around um, SEO and, and using that um, on our own website. Uh, one of the things we've been doing is obviously, like we saw a little bit earlier um, with uh, Liam's episode of Creating the Greatest Show, uh, using the podcast episodes to inform blog posts and even using the podcast and uh, the show notes and some of the um, the video assets and things like that as um, parts of enriching a blog post just using those show notes, um, which is which has been really cool. And we've been adding that uh, a bunch to our website, and then along with other blog posts that are just inspired by some of the topics covered in the podcast. So it's it you can go a little more niche or you can use, you know, multiple podcast conversations that all are around one topic. And that way you can bring in multiple 
perspectives. You can quote multiple people. You can embed multiple episodes. You can, you know, have links going out to all these different experts that you've interviewed on your podcast. And uh, now that Nazarene has stopped dying, I think I will shut up. So segueing into Sam's totally unplanned <laughs> jumping in for me, we were talking a little bit about search results and what you could tell from your Google search console. So you can tell by the questions people are asking what information they're looking for on your site, because it's not always just keywords that are coming into your site. A lot of times it is a specific question. People are using search differently these days. Even if you were trained or you studied SEO or you took a course or dove into it a little while ago, with mobile search being so much higher now, and with people voice searching things, more things are being asked as questions. And so podcasting works naturally into that because we're asking questions and we can make those subheadings. So when you look into Google Search Console, if you are talking about why people should um, hire a podcast production firm instead of doing it themselves, you're going to see questions that are indicate going to indicate what type of buyer your audience is and who's getting to your site. So if you're seeing a lot of questions that are about, you know, how do I start a podcast? Uh, what's the best beginning gear for podcasts? What do I need to know to start a podcast? Where do I put a podcast? How do I do this, that, or the other thing? And it's all very beginning stage then the people getting to your site are in the exploratory phase. They're looking at starting a podcast. They want to see how much work it is. So you may talk to them differently if you're trying to convert them to buyers than if you were talking to someone who had more knowledge. So you're going to give them the information that they're coming for, and we're going to tailor around answering questions, but also explaining that we know that that early stage of podcasting can be very overwhelming, that a lot of people hit a wall where they don't get through it, where they don't start, or where it's strange to hear themselves talking when they're editing back later, and that it's hard to move past. So we're going to talk to that type of person based on their questions and console data one way. But if somebody is coming in and asking how do I improve the sound quality on my podcast? How can I write better show notes? How do I buy podcast ads? How can I amplify my podcast and reach more people? Where they're asking questions that show that they already have a podcast and that they want to improve and kind of scale it up that's going to have a different different type of article and approach and focus to help them. Obviously, still wanting to answer their question and be helpful content, but we are also wanting to explain to them how you can put more time into guest research and this if you're working with a podcast production agency. We can help you with podcast ads. We're going to speak to them differently as a customer than we would someone who just wants to know what gear they might need to start out. So you can plan those questions around your audience. And then one of the other things that I will say on Google search in general that should be paid attention to is just image search. So when you're looking at Google search results and trying to plan out content, it is always a good idea to click over to the images and look and see what comes up. 
it is oftentimes easier to rank in the images than it is in the results. You can make the top 10 on images sometimes. And you can look at what's coming up, see how you could create a unique piece, see what Google is identifying as images that are relevant to that. And then by inserting those images into a relevant article to the key term, you may boost above people who are using stock photography. Okay. So we've talked through content that comes out of a podcast, thought leadership. I coughed a little in the middle. And now we're going to talk about what comes next. So after you hit publish and little pieces that you can continue to take out of podcasts to kind of level up that content and keep it up, there is a momentum on a piece of content. And a lot of times when you hit publish, you are not going to see results immediately. It takes some time. Things get indexed. So there is some work that you can do right away. And then there's some that you can do later on to continue for that content to live on. So right away, you can go to relevant pages on your site. You can link back to this new pieces of con piece of content, um, creating more backlinks for it and using anchor terms that are relevant to the post that you've put up. Then you're going to push it out on social and in your newsletter. And that is going to go out right away. Then you are going to tend to that content afterwards. So when Google is looking at content, one of the things that they're looking at is maintenance and pruning. And essentially that is that you are keeping that content relevant to the audience and it is continuing to be helpful, that it isn't outdated and that it has been updated. And this is a really easy way to look at competitor content and see what you might be able to outrank. So if you are typing in a search term that you really want to result for, and you know you're on the second page, third page of Google, and when you look at what shows up on the first page, you're seeing dates that are years old. You can go back and look and see if it's updated. You can see if there's information that you know has changed that is still in there. Because not everyone changes their date, so it doesn't always indicate that. But you're going to go and look. And if you see a bunch of the results in the top are outdated, you're going to start pruning the heck out of your content. You're going to go in every week. I have a spreadsheet. You're going to go in every week, every other week, every month, however often you think is relevant. And you're going to make little tweaks and changes and track them. And you're not going to get excited by your ideas, which is problematic for me. So you're not going to look at that piece of content after looking at what else is resulting and where you are and what's bringing people there and say, I have 27 ideas of what I could do to this piece of content to make it perform better. You're not going to do all 27 of them. You're going to restrain yourself. That's what the spreadsheet is for. And you're going to put down some ideas. So the first week you're going to go in and you're going to tweak a subheading and add an image. And then you're going to see what happens. And then the next week, maybe you change up the lead in a little bit and alter the metadata. Maybe you add some more keywords into the alt text or rearrange and order a little bit. It's, it's little changes to see what happens. And then also one of the other things, and Sam and I can speak to this on one of our pieces of content, is looking at the top results. What did they have? What pattern is there? What can you pull from it? So we had 
something that was performing all right. It wasn't it w- wasn't in the top 20, but we thought it could do better. And so we started looking at things on the first page and we realized that instead of it being a traditional list, Google was picking sites that had action words in the list. So instead of it saying, for example, you know, if we're talking about types of content you can get out of a podcast, instead of it saying newsletter, social posts, article, they were using action words like send out a newsletter, post on social, write an article. And that was the common thread with the top results, even though domain authority wise, expertise wise, they were on the same level as us, but that's what brought them to that front page. We went through and we changed all of those headings to have action items as well and jumped like 12 slots in a week with those changes. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying to drip out these different changes. Now, how a podcast would work into that is you've got an entire episode to go back to. So if you sit there and say, okay, I think a unique image could bump me over. You're going to go pull a screenshot and put that in. You're going to move the images around. You might take one out if it's not resulting or if it's too close to other ones. You're going to go back and clip a segment. You're going to see if a specific question is all of a sudden leading people there. And you're going to pull that question out of the podcast and put a segment in on that and refer back to the podcast. You're going to assess whether one question is bringing everyone there, one subheading, and does that deserve its own piece of content? And then that is going to continuously prune that content, which Google likes, and you can update the date and show them that you are being helpful to your audience. And then just if you are ever looking to start a podcast, we just have a couple of quick little tips and hints on the time to commit and how much time it actually takes when you use a podcast production service that's going to handle most of the details for you. So with our system, podcast hosts are only going to be putting in about an hour to an hour and a half per podcast if you're doing them weekly. And that doesn't have to happen on that week. It can happen and then be dripped out later, but it's going to be a prep call with your guest and then the actual call itself. Very little time invested, allowing your team to take your podcast and create tons of content out of it. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum.